Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And it is sports time as we are attacking week 16 in the National Football League. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce. And joining me today is Bill Needles. How the heck are you, Bill? I am doing very well. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, and rounding up the trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How are you, Craig? Doing all right. Let's, uh, let's do some picks. All right. We are... In week 16, uh, coming off a, a rather bizarre, bizarre week in the in the league. There, I mean, I mean, just games moved because of COVID, and and you had multiple Tuesday night football games. Yeah, <laughs> a doubleheader on Monday, a doubleheader on Tuesday, uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, thanks to COVID, this has not been the uh, the, the first time that uh, we we have had to go to. The, the the Tuesday night football games and and they were extremely poor. All of them did did a single team crack thirty in any of the in any of the move games. I don't think a, a nope. single team cracked like twenty five in any of the games, right? No, and I will say this: the uh, the prime time games from this week as a collective. So Thursday, quite a nice game, uh, but Sunday night, both Monday night games, both Tuesday night games, uh, none of them particularly enjoyable to watch. Yeah, and and like wow, the uh, <laughs> I mean, good lord, the 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 just an all time like like if you played fantasy football, just an all time all time like what the hell happened that with that week? Like, I mean, uh, obviously, multiple Buccaneers would have been used in fantasy playoffs and and contributed nothing. Multiple uh, Bengals, I think, would have been would have been used and contributed nothing. The Cardinals were a team that were highly used. And contributed nothing got upset by my Detroit Lions out of nowhere god that was out of nowhere to me I mean like I like the Lions getting the 14 or whatever the heck it was at home but you know I didn't I didn't expect them to outright win I think they were the god they were like the fourth team or something in, in the last I forget how I forget the exact tweet but it was like like I forget the exact stat but they were like the fourth team in, in however in the last like few years or something that has been a double digit dog and has outright won the football game where they were a double digit dog. Uh I'll ask you this uh, mm-hmm. in the first week of the fantasy playoffs for some fantasy leagues uh care to guess who QB1 is this past week? Was it Jared Goff with his three touchdown passes? No, it was not. <laughs> he had to be up there though, right? Was, was Goff like was top up 5? There. <laughs> like uh, he must have been top Was it Patrick Mahomes? Because he did some stuff on Thursday. No. Uh, nope. He had a nice game, but it was it was not him. In some scoring systems, it may have been him, to be clear. But in standard scoring, it was somebody else. Who was it? Tyler Huntley, Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah. All that running he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the hell not? 73 right? yards in the ground and scores. Plus, uh, he threw for two, pass, two touchdowns as well. Yeah, so if if there was ever a uh, proof that fantasy football is uh, really really stupid, I mean, there you go. Uh, Huntley was the uh, was the number should've one. Should have played him over Brady. Should have played him over Rogers. <laughs> I think I think it was Fabiano tweeted Fabiano tweeted something that like uh, along the lines of uh, Travis Kelsey himself put up like a forty five point week, and that would have outscored a team consisting of like Brady, Chase, Mixon. Uh, Evans, Godwin, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. just like that entire, and like, that's a team that theoretically could have been like rostered, like James Connor, who's been great, did nothing, you know, like all, all of the, oh God, like, it, it, yeah, it absolutely was a roster that could have been put out there and just, 
they just they did nothing. It was it was bad. It was it was an all timer. So uh, good, like good on you, I guess, if you survived the, the gauntlet that was uh, week fifteen in in twenty twenty one. But uh, say this it's in, our, in our league, the one that William and I are in, the hot, the uh, the team with the best record and uh, and the best peripherals heading in. Uh, put up 140. So you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it works out. I know. I I myself survived the. Uh, <laughs> I got lucky because I had a lot of Cardinals, but it bounced back. The guy I was against had a lot of uh, Bengals. So we, yeah. we we played a nice first to 80 points when it gets to go to the <laughs> semifinals type of fantasy. Making match, everyone so. else in the league angrier. Oh, yeah. So stupid. So stupid. Oh, man. Anyway, that was week 15. We're here to talk about week 16. Uh, and we got a lot of football this weekend. I imagine some days are probably going to get moved again. But uh, so far, not too brutal. Knock on wood with the uh, COVID so far. But here we are. Thursday night football matchup. The San Francisco 49ers, the red-hot San Francisco 49ers, go into Tennessee to take on the Titans. And the Titans are three-and-a-half-point underdogs, getting that half-point hook here. Um, I think the theme of Week 16 this week is going to be uh, buying low and selling high on a, on a few teams in a couple of spots here. I think this might be a decent spot to go with the Titans here. I think this is a good buy-low spot for the Titans. Uh, the hype on San Francisco is super high right now, even though I don't think they should have covered that game against Atlanta. They were only stopped by Atlanta's own ineptitude and a weird touchdown that was taken away from Cordero Patterson. I'd never seen anything like that before where there was zero evidence to suggest that he didn't score the touchdown, yet they took it away from him. I don't know. Inconclusive is what they always say. Uh I, I think this is a decent uh, buy-low spot for the Titans, who sounds like they're getting A.J. Brown back. I don't know. What do you think about this one, Craig? Titans uh, getting three and a half at home. I I kind of like Tennessee, just based on my Thursday at home type of situation where I'm usually a fan. Opened at Titans minus one. And some books are off the mm-hmm. 49ers minus three just because of how banged up Tennessee is and how it did not look particularly good this past week. So... Uh, I think that's interesting. Um, I, I, I like the Titans, uh, even though it's not a great situation for them health wise, I still, uh, I, I still think I like Tennessee. Uh, this is a big game though. Um, Tennessee, uh, they're, they're probably going to make the playoffs, uh, basically no matter what happens. And they'll essentially, uh, they'll essentially pretty close to clinch the division. If they win this game, according to five thirty eight odds, they'll be at 96%. But for the 49ers, this game is as absolutely massive. Uh, the 49ers are 90 are going to be in the 90 percent ish range if they win this game, and they'll be much much worse off than that uh, if they lose. So that they they they've got to they've got to win this game. It's a big game for them, but I still like Tennessee. All right, DVOA wise, this is a little bit of a gap here. San Francisco seventh, Tennessee all the way down at 23rd, 23rd DVOA for it. They are the lowest ranked for a playoff team. Or a team currently holding a playoff spot, I would say. Uh, Billy, uh, who you got in this one? I kind of, I, I usually do like the home team on a Thursday, but I, I think I like the Niners here. I, I feel like Tennessee's had a tough time getting it together. They've had a tough time putting away decent teams. And San Francisco, like you said, they are playing pretty well right now. So I, I kind of like San Francisco on this side of it, but I think this should be a good game. 
Uh, next up, we head to the Saturday games as we are uh, in, in the era of Saturday games right now. Uh, Thursday afternoon, we got a doubleheader on Saturday. The afternoon game is the Cleveland Browns uh, coming off a tough but gritty loss. Uh, given the circumstances to the Raiders, it just sucks that they could not get that. They they had the third and two, man. It was right yeah, there for them. They could have the game uh, and didn't convert, and that was it. Then they wound up. I thought yeah, the defense yeah. might get a stop. The defense had played pretty well, uh, especially considering all the guys they were missing. But uh, they did not come up with the stop when they needed it, and that was that. Yeah, I think they would have stopped. Like if Carr needed the full six in order to get the win, I think they would have been able to. to I think so. You know, pin their ears well, back was, and get it. The, but he only one needed play three. When Foster Moreau, uh, like, looked like he was about to go out of bounds, then got seven or eight more yards on the sideline. Uh, mm. That play didn't happen. That uh, that whole game could have gone differently on that on that last drive there. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but you know, I thought the Browns did well. I mean, this this game right now, Cleveland's heading to Green Bay. The Packers are a full touchdown favorite right now, and. I just, I unfortunately, we're recording this Wednesday night. The Browns played two nights ago, so it's obviously a short, short week for them. We got word earlier today that Stefanski's going to be able to coach. It looks like Baker, Baker Mayfield's going to be able to QB. Other than that, we don't know how um, bad the COVID situation is going to be for the Browns, so I don't know if we can like, give so, – yeah, I just – I just don't know if we can give accurate analysis gambling-wise on the, on this game right now, given the particulars. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I agree. Uh, Craig, now, here's the thing, though, yeah. about this football game. Like, isn't Green Bay just going to win this game, no matter how this goes? Probably. My only thing is the Packers are susceptible between the tackles, and the Browns have Nick Chubb, and most of their offensive line, their original offensive line should be back. Can that be something? I don't know. Again, I just I can't provide accurate analysis on this until we know more, until we get closer to knowing what's up with the Browns. But I I would lean towards you saying that the Packers are just probably going to win this game. I think it's a good bet. Yeah. Uh, against the spread, uh, I mean, like I'm only going to mention it if something is is out of uh, proportion or what's worth talking about, but the Packers, despite not covering last week, they're still 11-3 and three against the spread and probably should have covered last week yeah. and, and gone 12-2, and two, but if not for some heroics by Brent Hundley in, in, in the late game there, and, and it was there. Uh, Billy, do you have anything to add to this one? Browns and Packers, Packers laying a touchdown? No, I think when it gets to be a touchdown, yeah, when you can run it between the tackles, you can generally control that game script a little bit, and it tends to make for a closer football game, but I just think the Packers are, are enough just straight up better than Cleveland that I, that I like the Packers here in Lambeau. Uh, so I'm taking the Packers here, but like you said, I'd like to know a little bit more about what's going on before I'm 100%. Uh, for both Cleveland and Baltimore, and maybe this is good news for the Bengals, but for both Cleveland and Baltimore, does this not have to be chalked up to just season from hell? Like, I just don't know if little big bit. organizational changes based on what's going on here. Like, they, they both have quarterback extension decisions coming up. Uh, Cleveland is a little more questionable than Baltimore as far as what they'll wind up doing. Um, but they both have quarterback uh, contracts to, to dole out probably this, uh, this offseason. I just don't know if I'm taking anything big away from what's gone on this season if I'm the Ravens or the Browns, just based on... It, just, it seems like everything that can possibly go wrong is going wrong. 
um, that is, uh, that is the case. Um, the Ravens, despite, despite the fact, like the Ravens are two plays in the last couple of weeks from being 10 and four right now. And I think that there should be a Harbaugh coach of the year conversation. Yeah. And, uh, well, two things I wanted to add one, I think the Raiders should also be thrown in that year from hell category. No. We got, we got a nice little three team well, triple threat match right yeah, now. To me, it's a year from hell, but to me, if I'm the Raiders, you, you you're essentially forced into big organizational changes and decision-making based on what's gone on here. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're going to have to make some changes this offseason no matter what happens. For starters, you need a coach. Um, but, like, I, I'm just saying, if I'm the Browns, I'm not firing Stefanski. If I'm the Ravens, I'm obviously not firing Harbaugh. I, I have, you have to sit and think about, hey, what do we do with this Baker Mayfield extension? That's a big conversation. But for the Raiders, like, you can put together a relatively decent argument. They have to rebuild again. Uh, we'll see how that winds up going, but uh, yeah, it's a interesting, interesting times ahead. You're right, though; it has been the year from hell from the Raiders from the perspective of just like every single thing has just gone incredibly wrong. Yeah, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is with the Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, losing a couple of games because of the uh, the going for two thing. Boy, the anti math, anti analytics people, you know, they they got hard on Thursday with the Brandon Staley thing, and they stayed that way the entire weekend and all the way into I just, Tuesday. I, would I don't say. get it. And, and it was like, like the, you have to think about this if you're, if you're, if you're John Harbaugh. What, like, what percentage of, go, of getting that two-point conversion would you have to have thought, think that you had in order to make that call, knowing full well that Aaron Rodgers and friends had, other than the, the last time they had the ball, had pretty much roasted your secondary the entire day. So, yeah. if you're thinking to yourself, if we lose this overtime and uh, coin flip, we're probably cooked. Yeah. So, where, where do you his was, his was, I, I would want it to be. His was weird because he technically didn't do the analytics thing to begin with. He scored two. the touchdown. He me in the moment. He, he should have gone for two when they got to, when they were down by, uh, yeah. they were down by eight. And you didn't, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the, I, like I bite back on the Brandon Staley thing a little bit because like he had it on the four yard line at the end of the half with you know there was no tactical advantage basically to going for four there because like he wasn't gaining field position if he misses or anything like that. So analytically, I can I can see why kicking a field goal there was uh, probably probably the better decision given the situation there and it ended up coming back to bite them because they needed those extra three points <laughs> it would have it would have won them the game and got them the cover which they they then lost so uh and and you know i don't i don't i don't say you should kick a field goal lightly right so <laughs> no that's not something you normally say and i and i agree with that analysis uh like because it's not just uh hey i'd rather seven points than three when you're thinking about should i go for this uh fourth down in the red zone that's definitely part of it but the other part of it is, hey, even if we don't get this, you're buried at your two. Uh, if it's the last play of the half, like you said, it doesn't really matter what the field position is. So there's that part of it as well. Yeah, really, really strange. Um, so moving on to the night game on Saturday, the Colts uh, head into Arizona to take on the Cardinals. And um, I mentioned earlier that this is that there were some good uh, buy low, sell high spots i think this is a good spot to buy low on the cardinals at minus one i mean coming off their worst performance of the season shocking loss in detroit not just that it happened but how it happened where they were quite frankly 
outclassed and dominated by a yeah, weirdly was, talentless Detroit Lions which, team. Oh man, Arizona had a bad break or two. That's not what happened. Like they just got beat. They just flat out got beat. Yeah, it, it was it was strange. I did I did not see that coming, especially as someone who was heavily invested in, in the Arizona Cardinals fantasy wise. Um, the Colts, meanwhile, coming off their biggest win of the season, uh, just putting it to the uh, to the Colts. Although Mac Jones, I gotta say, of all the games Mac Jones has played this year, that was probably the one that impressed me more than anything, even in a losing effort, because he bounced back after a couple of like bad interceptions and and. Uh, came on strong. I thought he, he proved a little something to me personally, not that he's out to prove anything to me personally, but he, uh, he, so I, yeah. Well, he texted me when it got to 14, nothing. And I'm like, well, let's see if, well, you know, this could get ugly for Mac Jones pretty quick. And it didn't like they played okay after that. Yeah. I, I just, I think this is a good, so it, the Colts are in Arizona. The Cardinals are minus one. So they're a short home favorite. I like, I think this is a good buy low spot for the Cardinals and it, like Colts, like Cardinals coming off their worst loss. Colts coming off their biggest win. I, I'm. Are you buying a buy low spot for the Cardinals here, Bill? No, I, I. I think I like the Colts. I like how they operate. I think they're a phenomenal football team, and the Cardinals are coming off a tough loss. I think the Cardinals are great, but I think Indianapolis, like you, just you can't stop their run game. Like, and nobody's been able to. I kind of thought New England could, and I was very wrong. Um, so I'm starting to be a believer here. I think the Colts are going to control this game, and I think they're going to be able to get the edge here. So I like the Colts. All right. I'm on the Cardinals. Billy's on the Colts. Craig, tiebreaker. This line has moved a bit, hasn't it? Yeah. Because this, 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 oh, what, what, what does it open up? Minus five? Mm-hmm. And now Caesars is offering this as a pick. Ooh. So, for like, there are some people that really have the Colts coming in. There's money coming in definitely on the Colts. Uh, I think I'm on the Colts side. I think I, I, I'm going with the money that's coming in there. I just I, I have a weird feeling about what we saw with Arizona last week. I, I, I think it's trouble. They still don't have Hopkins. I think the Colts are okay. Uh, give me the Colts. Yeah. Okay. All right. See so you guys on the Colts. Fan or uh, spread wise, two very good teams. Uh, Cardinals nine and five against the spread. Uh, Texans uh, or not Texans. Colts. Sorry. Uh, eight and five. So. Both teams and, you can and DVOA. This these are teams eight and nine. Yeah, so this is a matchup. This is this is in, this is indeed a matchup. And like at the, the is, minus, uh, the, the NFL's Christmas gift to all of us. And I it, I can say for, to, to you with some certainty, I will be watching this Christmas night. Uh, while I drink with my wife to celebrate, hopefully, a well-executed Christmas for our children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here's hoping. Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, Boxing Day games. The Afternoon matchups or the early afternoon matchups. Uh, my Detroit Lions coming off a big win, which uh, you know cost them the uh, spot at the first overall pick and set the Green Bay Packers up for uh, the first overall seed in the in the NFC in the bye week. So uh, you know we'll go ahead and print it all in. Uh, Was it worth it magazine for my Detroit Lions <laughs> as, as they they got themselves? Can a I just make a quick comment on that real quick? Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a chance just based on where the team's located, and I'm not saying this is how you should pick players, but if if this draft is, hey, which of these two pass rushers do you like best, Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchison? Uh, the Lions may have just gone with the guy who's a superstar for the Michigan Wolverines anyway. True. You know? So there's a non-zero chance that they wind up still picking second and Jacksonville picks first and takes Thibodeau. There's a non-zero chance that the Lions wind up with the exact same player they would have had if they picked first. Just throwing that out there in the universe. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. But, you know, still. And, I, I mean, like, 
Dan Campbell might be a good coach. He I honest, think Dan Campbell is a really good coach. Yeah. Like, he has zero talent. These guys are yeah. playing hard for him. They kicked the Arizona Cardinals' asses this week. Like, yeah. If, if, if this year is about finding out whether Campbell's a good coach or not, I mm-hmm. think if I'm a Lions fan, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Um, and they should have, like, two or three more wins, too, for, for a team like, that has no talent. If not out here kicking kick 66-yard field goals, they'd have another win. You know what I mean? That There's, there's a few that they could have got. Yeah. Yeah, they got embarrassed here and there, but that's to be expected with the the roster. But uh, anyway, this game, the Detroit Lions heading to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Falcons coming off a pretty disappointing effort against the Niners, especially that 0 for 16 in the red zone. Good Lord. Uh, Falcons are minus four. <sighs> I think I got to get back on the Falcons train one more time with the minus four. This is just a big letdown spot for Detroit, isn't it? Coming off that dominating win against the Cardinals. I don't know. What do you think, Billy? Falcons laying four. Whew, both these teams are bad. Um, yeah, I, I like the Falcons here. I, I do think Detroit is coming off a win there. They might they might be as confused as the rest of the league about how that happened. Uh, I, I like them to falter a little bit here. I'll take the Falcons. Uh, might be getting DeAndre Swift back though. That that must be said for the Lions. Certainly that that's getting uh, you know a player with actual talent <laughs> might, might the help. lions yeah. kicked the cardinals asses without their two best offensive players yeah and against the that spread is, this is this is yeah. not even close falcons are six and eight lions a robust nine and five uh craig who you got here lions really you're just going with the i just four? think atlanta's bad like atlanta's lousy i think the lions keep this game close they may not win but they keep it close lions all right, fair enough. Uh, next up, the New York Giants head into Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Eagles are laying 10. Um, short week for the Eagles, obviously, having played last night in the Tuesday uh, in the weird Tuesday night matchups. I just I want to take the Giants here, but I don't love it enough to make it one of my five, and I also don't know if I love it enough to bet on the plus 10. Hurts look. I do. The Giants. The Giants are going to be one of my five. Uh, you think so? Okay. The short week. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. I like that for the Giants. It's it's a divisional game. And look, the Giants screwed me over last week. Like I, I put a lot of money onto the, uh, onto the Houston Texans when it got to Jags minus six somehow, uh, and I made a bunch of money off that. And then I lost a not dissimilar amount of money. <laughs> Uh, on uh, betting the Giants to cover the spread 12 and a half against Dallas. The Giants should have covered that spread. They shot themselves in the foot about six times in the red zone of that game. Uh, Look, I know Mike Glennon's not particularly good, and the Giants' offense continues to struggle, as it has been doing for some time. But I I just don't know if I see the Eagles running away with this game, so I want the 10 points. And, like, you know, the Eagles played an NFL football game on Tuesday, and this game's going to happen on Sunday. Like, that's a tough turnaround. I'll uh, I'll take the I'll take the Giants. Yeah, and not for nothing, but Gilbert Godfrey didn't even know he was going to be playing football for the football Leave team. Out, I, I, I don't think it was Gilbert Godfrey. I what? think it was thing, uh, else Gilbert. I forget the actual <laughs> player's name. Uh, <laughs> but I believe it had little or anything to do with Jafar's parrot. <laughs> uh, Billy, anything to add on this one? Eagles laying ten against New York. Yeah, I'm not laying 10 with the Eagles, so that means I'm taking the Giants, but I don't have to like it. Yeah, not much to discern here, DVOA-wise or spread-wise. I just, I, yeah, it just might just might be a classic like crossover podcast, hold your nose and take the Giants, right? And then just don't really think about it and 
hope you end up on the winning side. Yeah. Like, are the are the Giants bad enough, or are the Eagles good enough to give up ten points in a divisional game? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I, I don't, don't think, think either. You, yeah, I don't think either of those are true. Yeah, I agree. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars head to New York to take on the Jets, and the Jets are minus two. And this line has seen some movement, you guys. This line has seen some movement. Craig, do you have this opening up at Jets minus three? Uh, let's see what I had it open up at. I'm pretty sure this uh, opened up at Jets minus well, I three. Had a, I it opened at Jets minus one and a half at a lot of the books that I'm. Oh, interesting. Right oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, we've seen it since move to, um, while well, some are offering Jaguars minus one and a half now. Wow. I, that, and MGM at Jaguars minus one and a half. Interesting. So. Well, why don't you kick us off with this one there, Craig? <laughs> Well, I think that we all know, and look, sometimes I like to think about this and get a little clever with the game I say this about, but uh, there, 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 there's no putting lipstick on this particular pig. Scott Hansen, do not, under literally any circumstance, show this game. I, mean, we, we I will had... go back to, I'll say this, if there's an astonishing 98-yard triple reverse for a touchdown, I don't need to know about it. <laughs> wow. That's pure madness. I mean, like, we, we went on, a like, all three of us went on a big, they should probably fire Urban Meyer collective rant last yep. week, and then before the podcast even got onto the internet, or, or, like, before it was even out in the ether, he had been fired at, like, the at like the stroke of midnight, basically, last last Thursday. It was it, it was something else, and I'm glad, I'm glad it happened after the podcast, because I'm pretty sure we would have said, if they'd have fired Urban before... We, uh, I would have come on here and said that this was an all-time take the Jaguars in the, you know, getting the, they just fired their coach bump. But I, I it didn't happen fast enough <laughs> for the Jaguars. And, and, and here's what happened. A lot of people thought the way you did, because that line was Jaguars minus three and a half. Yeah. And on Sunday morning, I'm in and placing my bets. And we talk about getting the best of the number all the time. And who did I ever get the best of the number there? Yeah. Because I saw it at six. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. Like, in good conscience, no. see the opportunity to get six points betting against the Jacksonville Jaguars and not put a whole lot of money on it. Yeah. And that's what I did, and I won. That, and one of those bets where it's like the first quarter ends and you're like, hmm, I'm good here. Cool. Yeah, that was you a know? that was a rocking chair. <laughs> like yeah. that, that was yeah, that was an absolute rocking chair like uh, underdog take there. Yeah, once it got to six, that was that was appalling to me. I was like, okay, yeah. even the coach fired bump. Is, this is nothing. Yeah, even well, I even think, I think there was so much. Oh, they fired Urban Money, Urban Meyer money that came in. The books had to keep moving it up, moving it up, moving it up. <laughs> yeah. I was I was happy to take the six. I yeah, uh, gambling wise, I don't have anything to to really say about this one. I mean, I I would I, I would maybe I would I want to lean towards the Jaguars and say that I I don't know, Billy. Do you have anything to add on Jets minus two? Anything of any 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 pressing concerns with this one? No, no. I the only bet I would make here is I bet I don't watch any of this. <laughs> that's that's a good. I think that's a good way. Let's move. And you, <laughs> You're gonna get paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's move on to to an actual gamer. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Holy God, what happened to the Buccaneers in that first quarter against New Orleans? That that I'd never seen anything like that before. Losing all three of their best weapons like within like six plays. That was insane. Well, out like, yo, the, the Saints clearly have the, the formula for beating Tampa Bay. I'm like, if the formula is make sure that Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Leonard Fournette don't play, yeah, 
good formula. Yeah. Now they they have had their number except for that one playoff game, which is weird. The they have game, had their yeah. number, but like, yeah, I don't think I don't think teams will be. I don't think like I don't think Carolina is going to be studying the game footage from that New Orleans. What did New Orleans do, eh? Uh, yeah, get all their guys knocked out. <laughs> get all their good players knocked so, out. And God, I the, first the fact that Godwin's not coming back is huge. Yeah. That hurts like, them. Brady is—is is it fair to say he's their most important guy? Like I think that's fair to say. Yeah, because we saw what happened. They just like put like three guys on Gronk, and 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 all of a sudden yeah. Brady was throwing passes to who was it? Like Kayvon Vaughn or, or what was his name? Keyshawn yeah, Vaughn and, and Johnson. Like, they yeah. didn't use as much Scotty Miller as I thought. But here's the thing: Scotty Miller's a nice player when he's the third or fourth best receiver on the field. When he is the best wide receiver on the field for you, that is not a good yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, this, it had a very like Brady's last season in New England type of vibe to it, whereas it just, <laughs> there was nothing. And I don't, man, this line is is perplexing to me. This was this was a dead nuts easy take. One of my five. The Buccaneers are laying ten and a half on the road. The Buccaneers have not been good on the road so far this season. They're laying ten and a half, missing a lot of their weapons in a divisional game. I know Brady's Brady, but that's a lot. I, I'm taking the ten and a half and, like, and running with it. Classic way that, like you know, the Brady in this Belichick too in the in New England years isn't the way this game typically goes. Is it looks close for a while, then Brady just kind of like pulls it out in the fourth quarter, and they win by seven. Yeah. Well, is this what? What are you so feeling here? If like that's the case. I'd like to. I'd like to have the ten points, please. Yeah. What What are you feeling here, Brady? Wise though, uh, Craig, with the uh, is like Brady coming off one of the worst performances of his career. Like only the second or third time in his career he's been shut out. Third he was, time he, in his career he's been shut out. First time since two thousand six. Yeah, so first time in fifteen years, and he was fighting with the New Orleans guy. Like he was, you know, jaw jacking with him at the end of the uh, at the end of the game and stuff. Is is this is is this a close one or do we get like pissed off four touchdowns and very little effort, Brady? Despite the fact his weapons no, are a little I think depleted. I think it's I think it's a close one just because to me, if we were going to get four touchdowns, pissed off Brady like. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have to be part of that. True. And it looks like like Godwin for sure is not going to be around. It doesn't look like Evans is going to be either. Yeah. Um, Buccaneers laying 10.5 on the road, Billy. What side are you on? Yeah, I think it's a few too many with the uh, the talent missing from Tampa Bay there. So I'll take Carolina. I think they will play significantly better having a week to kind of know who's going to be in the game and not like losing that many people that quickly without any practice time is obviously just it's game ending. Um, as you can tell by the scoreboard, but I, I think a, a week will help them, but not enough to to cover that many. So give me Carolina. I, they do get Brown. Yeah, they do get Antonio Brown back. I was shocked that Tampa Bay was still first in DVOA when when I read the article today. Yeah, uh, I think that the I think that the reasoning for that would be the Saints defense is legitimately good. Mm-hmm. So them. Ha- Saints defense is fourth in DVOA now. So them having a, a rough night against the Saints doesn't look as bad as them having a rough night against, you know, Seattle. Yeah, that's true. DVOA is a little bit, you know, there's it's a little bit flawed in the sense that it's very heavily weighted against who you're who you're playing every week, right? Like yeah. That's, and, yeah. And, and, and yeah, and that's not necessarily a flaw. But one thing it's not going to pick up on and is that you are missing your three best receivers in your number one running. Yeah. Ooh tough go um next up the los angeles chargers head into houston to take on the texans the chargers laying 10 and a half on the road another another big road favorite 
Boy, I don't know what to say about this other than I think you got to hold your nose and take the Texans. Nine and a half is a lot to lay down on the road. It just is. I know it's Justin Herbert, but uh, spread-wise, I don't know. It's not going to be one of my five, but I think I personally lean towards the uh, Texans side of this. Billy, what side are you on? Chargers laying nine and a half in Houston. I... Yikes. Yeah, it's it's in Houston. I'm, I'm probably taking Houston in the points here. Um, but I do have a feeling that the Chargers are going to score a lot of points here. Um, I'd be surprised if they don't get 30, but I'm, I'll assume Houston can get, uh, I guess they'll need 20. Yeah, <laughs> this one, but uh, I'll take Houston. It's no. too many points. All right. Uh, Craig, anything to add on Chargers-Houston? Uh, yeah, I, I lean Chargers, but I'd be very concerned about a backdoor cover. Yeah, Davis Mills didn't look too bad last week, right? Like he was, he, so big, yeah, talking about fantasy Chargers, performances. Louis, yeah, lean. Yeah, he was okay. Uh, the reason I lean Chargers is the Chargers have been off for ten days, mm-hmm. and the Texans are coming off of a rare victory, um, and they're not playing their best quarterback because they want to lose football games. So that's why I lean Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. The thing that would uh, the, the the and one of the reasons you should look at the nine and a half is the Chargers have guys that are hitting the COVID list. Like this is a game that yeah. potentially could get yeah, moved. Yeah, there's no Bosa. Yeah. yeah, there's no Bosa. No Bosa. No, Eckler so. and Guyton both hit the COVID list today, and and yeah. Eckler they think may be able to get back in time with the uh, with the with the testing change, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, and I think it sounds like I think a couple of their backups went, so I don't know. Like you, you worry about like Justin Herbert and stuff like that. Ah, it's 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 tough with the Chargers, so maybe you try to get the Texans now while you're getting what presumably will be the best of the number in case the Chargers have like a mini kind of COVID scare. And that is uh, all I got to say about that. Uh, next up, the Buffalo Bills heading to New England to take on the Patriots in a rematch of the uh, the the weird wet and wild game <laughs> or I guess the wind game more or less uh, Patriots short home favorite getting two and a half coming off a tough loss to the Colts. Um, this is, this is a weird one for me. I'm really trying to think about, I want to lean towards the bills problem for me is that I don't like that the Patriots lost last week that's where I'm that's where I'm I'm I'm, I'm bumping up against it here um I don't know uh what do you think Billy Patriots short home favorite against the Bills yeah I I think I like the Bills here I think New England like the, the Bills played real well last week and in, in New England Lost, but you're right. Mac Jones played pretty well. Um, I don't think Mac Jones would play well enough to move it on this Bills defense, and I think the Bills offense is going to be able to move it on the New England defense. So I like the Bills here to cover. So long as Bill Belichick's weather machine doesn't create a massive windstorm in Foxborough, I like the Bills. <laughs> it's supposed to be actually pretty nice, according in the north in yeah. the northeast there, according to the to the early because <laughs> that was obviously heavily <laughs> discussed this week. What's the weather in the Bills Patriots game? We're going to be like this time around because it is December and it is New England, right? But it seems like it's going to be relatively. Uh, no, I, good. I like uh, I like the Bills. Um, I think that they're better. I think that they are a better team than the Patriots. And I know the Patriots have looked good, and I, I know Jones look good, but the Bills 
have more talent on the roster than New England. I really firmly believe that. So I will take uh, I will take Buffalo. I think they will find a way to move the ball in this game, and I don't know if uh, if the New England offense can keep up with the Buffalo offense if Buffalo's moving the ball for real. So uh, one thing to consider for Buffalo: no Cole Beasley in this game. Uh, he's on the COVID list, and you guys may have heard, but Cole Beasley unvaccinated. Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm surprised it took this long, quite frankly. Yeah, quite honestly, it is shocking. But, yeah, that's the situation we're in. Made it all the way to Week 16. Good for you, Cole. Uh, All right, next up, the Los Angeles Rams head to Minnesota to take on your boys, Bill, the Minnesota Vikings. And the Minnesota Vikings are a home dog. Rams laying three. Rams on a short week having played yesterday again in a Tuesday game. Uh, So they're in the same spot as the Eagles. Short week, early afternoon matchup. I, that said, I don't know. Why do I like the Rams here? So why do I like the Rams in this spot? Getting three on the road, this doesn't make sense. But for some reason, I'm leaning towards the Rams here. Billy, what do you? How do you feel about your boys uh, getting three at home against uh, Stafford and the Rams? I actually like the Rams here. Ooh. Uh, yeah, like I, I think Vikings are great. I just think the Rams are a better team, and they're more than three points better. Um, Minnesota's had a few games where they faltered. We've seen it. You might get one of those and the Rams blow them out. You might not. The Rams beat them by seven. Um, but I think either way, the Rams win this game, and it's going to be by more than three, so I like the Rams. All right. It sounds like Billy and I are both on the Rams. Craig, uh, what say you? Rams laying three on the road. You guys are forgetting one of the oldest football gambling adages, I think, mm-hmm. which is never bet on a team that played on Tuesday night having to play again at 1 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Ever a bad time to start an adage. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I like the Vikings uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the Tuesday night thing I just said. Two, uh, so Rams getting three and a half here, Vikings at home. Uh, as we've seen with the Vikings this year, the game is going to be close. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be a one-score game. Uh, so I'm willing to see what I can do about uh, – uh, well, maybe this game goes to overtime or whatever it happens to be, and the Rams still cover for it. Well, it's, it's not at three and a half everywhere, but either way, uh, I like the Vikings. I'll take the three and a half points uh, with them at home. Like they've, you know, they, they they've only played one score games at home because they only play one score games literally anywhere. Even a Monday night game against Chicago, where the Bears' offense does nothing for fifty-seven minutes. They had a couple of fourth downs in the red zone, whatever. Uh, and then they score in the final play of the game to make it an eight-point game. Uh, so, yeah, the Vikings only play one-score games. Uh, I think that continues. The Rams are tired. Give me the give me the Vikings. All right. So we got 2v1 there. Um, last up, the Baltimore Ravens head into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals in what I think is the marquee matchup of the 1 o'clock slate. The Bengals getting the three-point home bump against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, is do we know who's playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens this week? Is it? We do not. We do not yet. So, but uh, obviously Huntley, but, uh, Lamar did saying, not. They yeah. saw this past week. If it's Tyler Huntley, do you feel that bad about it? Uh, no, and the Ravens, you know, they're a smart organization, man. And this is something that, like, when teams don't do this, it irritates the shit out of me but Baltimore obviously was like 
if we're going to tailor our offense to Lamar Jackson, then we better go out and get a backup quarterback who can at least become a reasonable facsimile of Lamar Jackson in the way he plays the quarterback yeah. position. And Brent Hundley looked really good, man. Like there, there was a lot of buzz about like, maybe this team should trade Tyler for Huntley. Brent Hundley or Tyler Huntley. Sorry. Then maybe this team should play trade for Tyler Huntley. And maybe that team should trade for Tyler Huntley. And I was thinking, I was like, yeah, why the hell not? Right. He looked, you look pretty darn look good. good. Yeah, look very good. Uh, um, Jackson didn't practice. Jackson didn't practice today. No, he did not. That was that was something oh. that that was uh, released today. But it's just a season from hell for Baltimore. Like I kind of like Cincinnati here. Like I know Baltimore's played a couple of close games in a row, but isn't this just a season from Baltimore's perspective where just every single thing that that can gone wrong has gone wrong? They lost two running backs before the season even starts. They're getting just smoked in the secondary with injuries. That's continued into the season. Uh, not not what you want. Um, so if I'm I, I'm taking the Bengals in this game, I think. Okay. Yeah, and the Bengals, you, you figure, like, they came off their worst offensive performance of the year. They, the Broncos completely shut them down. They still were able to come away with uh, with the victory on the road, even though the, the Broncos, like, man, they held all their, their good players to virtually nothing. Like, Jamar, like, Jamar Chase had, like, one catch for three yards or it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was, the it Broncos was... defense had one bad play all game, and that was the the Tyler Boyd fifty whatever yard touchdown. Yeah, and Justin Simmons took a wrong angle. They thought it was going to be a run; it wasn't. Um, but that was it. Uh, it turns out though, with like you know, when Bridgewater gets hurt and things get a little bit uh, that ugly, was scary. And Lock, yeah, that was scary. And Drew Locke is handing the ball off to uh, to a Cincinnati defender on the goal line for some reason. <laughs> Uh, things are things are a little bad. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I I I think that the the Bengals offense bounces back a little bit. Baltimore's defense is not nearly as good as Denver's. I think that much is fair to say. Give me the Bengals. All right. Um, I think I might. Uh, do I want the Ravens? To, oh God, this might have John Harbaugh just pulls one out of his butt here on the road with a really good defensive performance. If the performance, Ravens win this yeah. game, John Harbaugh should be coach of the year. If the Ravens win this game, John Harbaugh should easily be coach of the year. Yeah, maybe, man. They, they, yeah, they, they got it out though. Uh, Billy, what do you think about this one? Bengals getting the three-point home bump. Yeah, I, I think I like the Ravens here. Um, I think Cincinnati has been, you know, it's fairly consistent all year. I mean, last week was, you're right, they had one good play, but that's a tough defense to go against. They're going to be a little softer with with Baltimore. So they're going to be able to move the ball. But I think when it comes down to it, the Ravens are going to be able to put a significantly higher number of points on the board. I think the Ravens are going to be able to score on this Cincinnati team, regardless of which quarterback is playing. Uh, I think they're going to score well. So I like the Ravens here. If Huntley has a good game this week, then he, he's bought himself a starting gig on for somebody next year, has he not? If, if he starts this game and, and, and looks good, somebody's going to trade, so? trade something like, for him, right? Now, here's the thing from Baltimore's perspective. Usually when you've got a quarterback controversy type of situation, and or not even controversy, that's the wrong word for it, but you have to get rid of one of the quarterbacks because they're both going to get paid soon. Huntley, they've got for a few years at basically no money. Yeah, you trade the good one. I don't know if the Ravens are going to be in a rush to trade him, but they may get one of those offers they can't refuse. Yeah. That's that. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I would imagine that that somebody will, will pony up for that, right? Looking for some some goodwill. Um, yeah. So that's it. So uh, we declared uh, Jaguars Jets is the Scott Hansen. I'm gonna say Bengals Ravens is the marquee matchup uh, with uh, Rams oh. Vikings as as a close second. 
Um, as those goes a long way to determining the, the futures of those two teams as far as their playoff situation. Yeah, we've had some line movements while we've been talking. The uh, Packers-Browns is now at 7.5, you guys, and Falcons-Lions went to 5.5, like moved a full point and a half while, we, while we've been doing this pod. Oh. Yeah, that's madness. Um, Still like this right. <laughs> well, you'd like them even better now because they're getting more. I like to land yeah. at the 4, not at the 5.5. Yeah. All right, uh, Chicago Bears head into Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Seahawks laying six and a half. Oh, boy, I don't. <sighs> this one's tough because at first glance, I want to take the Bears because the Seahawks. Again, this is the Tuesday. I mean, I mean, they're playing at four, not at one, so they get a little bit more rest. But they played on Tuesday. I mean, I guess the Bears played on Monday too, so that's not you know you're not getting that much of a. Of an edge there, I would think. But, I mean, Monday is obviously a more reasonable time to be playing football than Tuesday, so that's a little bit strange. And and the Seahawks, their offense is, is listless right now, but uh, is, is six and a half too... I just feel like six and a half is too high for the Seahawks to be given against anybody, even, even the Chicago Bears team, because, like, you know, Justin Fields, he's... You know, I mean, he... he in the red zone, he, he looks like a rookie, but, I mean, he... he you, you at least see the signs with Justin Fields is what I'm trying to say. Billy, what do you think? Seahawks land six and a half. Yeah. I don't love either side of this. Um, I, I think I like the Bears here. I don't trust the Seahawks enough for this many. Um, they're still – Bears still an NFL football team. They can keep this game close as – the, the Seahawks' defense hasn't been great. The offense has been horrendous. Um, there's no reason to think the Bears can't keep up here, so I'll take the points. All right. Uh, Billy and I both seem to be on the on the Bears. We're taking the underdog in this one. Craig, what do you have to say? I feel the same way. It's too many for Seattle. Yep. All right. Yeah, the offense is not good enough to give up almost a touchdown. It's not. No, I, I, I agree with you. I completely agree. Uh, next up, your boys, Craig, the Denver Broncos, head into Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. This game is out of pick em right now, and I'm going to let you explain to me why I should or should not take the Las Vegas Raiders at home, even though they played a Monday, a weird Monday game against uh, a weird – even though they played a weird Monday night game against the Browns, I'm, I'm going to need you to talk me out of why I shouldn't take the Raiders at home against Drew Locke, giving no points. I can't do it. Locke, <laughs> like, he was awful yeah. in the Cincinnati game. He was brutal. Like, that last drive – so Denver gets the ball back with a minute left, and they need a touchdown. So, like, you're thinking to yourself, all right, this is going to be – you know, this is going to be a tough go. But you think, hey, you know what? Maybe they can, you know, get a couple first downs, see what happens. And usually, if you get the ball on your own 10, the defense may even give you a couple first downs in that yeah. situation. Now, as long as you're taking time off the clock, whatever, you can have a, you can have some yardage. Uh, they completed exactly zero passes. He takes a sack. Like, it was absolutely brutal. And even before that, like I said, he's doing handoffs to Bengals defensive ends. Um, no, Take the Raiders, man. Like, like if you're if you're taking Denver, you're thinking to yourself, all right, they're going to score on defense, and that's how they win the game. Yeah, could happen. God, this would be such a what a great spot this would be to take Teddy Bridgewater if he was in this game too, because it would be like if Bridgewater's in the game, it'd be close. Like, 
I think it's probably Denver, Denver two and a half, somewhere in there. You think so? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, either way, I think it'd be a good spot for, to, to take Teddy covers on the road with some weird stuff happening. Those are the spots you want. You want Teddy Bridgewater. So that's just disappointing. Billy, anything to add? This one, Broncos Raiders pick them. No, I like uh, I like the Raiders here. Drew Locke looked terrible, um, and Denver's offense, quite honestly, didn't look all that great the rest of the season. Um, no. I think you take the Raiders here. Not that they've been that good, but there's no reason to uh, to assume the Broncos are going to change everything after losing a quarterback. All right. Last game of the 4 o'clock slate. The Pittsburgh Steelers head into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Chiefs laying 10. Why, oh why, do I want to lay the 10 with the Chiefs? The Chiefs have been so bad against the spread this year. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. They never cover these lines. Why Why do I want to take the Chiefs minus the 10 here with the Steelers who who just pull stuff out of their butts? <laughs> just, God, it's so stupid. Why do I want to lay the 10 with the Steelers? Why do I think the 10 with the Steelers? Am I, am I that square? Am I that square that I think the Chiefs is the is the right I, spot here? Like, the Steelers... The Steelers' secondary and their defense in general has not been very good. No. Like, I, I can see Mahomes just roasting those guys this weekend. Can't you? Uh, yeah, that's why I like the 10. I mean, this is like, 6 think, against 20 in DBOA, right? The trouble, though, is it, what, what's the, it, what, Travis Kelsey is the trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Kelsey in the COVID, uh, in the COVID now, protocol. Travis Kelsey's vaccinated. He's got a chance. Um, Tyree Kill on the COVID list as well. Again, vaccinated. It's got a chance. But Mm -hmm. if those guys aren't around, you're not going to want to be giving up 10. No. (sighs) Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm on the – I think I'm going to be on the 10, but you got to wait closer to game time to see if those guys end. But I think the 10 is the right side. What do you think, Billy? Chiefs laying 10 right now against the Steelers. Yeah, I – Man, two or three weeks ago, I'd say it's way too many. They've had a couple of nice offensive games, Kansas City, uh, which makes me a little nervous. But I, I'd still say with all that's going on, I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I'm going to take the points uh, and assume that they don't just have another game where they throw 13 touchdowns to Travis Kelsey. Uh, official stance on this one, Craig, with the Chiefs laying 10 uh, against Pittsburgh? I'm not touching it until I know who the actives and inactives are. Yeah, I think that is the proper response to that right now uh, if i if i have to take something right now i'm taking pittsburgh yeah okay um now, uh, sunday night game the washington football team short week are headed to dallas to take on the cowboys cowboys are laying 10 and a half now this one's a little bit weird um i'm not sure uh, if the cow because the cowboys are laying 10 and a half i'm not sure if the cowboys should be laying 10 and a half against anybody right now with the way that their offense is is kind of sputtering that said they're at home against a washington football team who played on tuesday i th- I, I think i like i want to bet washington and i think you want to get it now because i think this number might come down if we get the washington report like this is where this is where the lines get blurred here because if if Washington gets their guys back the ten and a half one would think is going to drop down to like I don't know nine yeah well, you're you're not going to get the ten and a half is what I'm trying to say but man the short week is is scaring me a little bit but I mean at the same time Cowboys offense not great divisional matchup laying too much I I don't know I I feel like I want the ten and a half but, uh, Craig what do you think. I'm staying away regardless. I think 10.5 is too many. Uh, the Cowboys win the game, but 
I don't care who's playing for Washington. I just I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. It's this is a tough one. Uh, Billy, what do you think on this one? Cowboys laying ten and a half. Yep, I want the points here. It's it's too many points for a division game for a team. Uh, Dallas has been okay, but I don't know that they've blown the doors off that many teams this year. So I like Washington here. All right, Monday nighter. Assuming it's the only one, which you know, card subject to change on that one. Uh, the Dolphins heading to New Orleans to tank the Saints. The Saints getting the three-point home bump. Um, this was one of my five, and or it's going to be one of my five, and this was one of the, my easier picks of the week. Uh, give me the Dolphins, plus the three. The Saints coming off a, a like technically on a short week playing the Sunday nighter. They got a the weirdest victory of the season, or one of the weirdest victories of the season against the Saints, or against the Bucs when everybody Why? got injured. Why, do you think it's weird to be the defending Super Bowl champions 9-0? to zero? Yeah, it's a little strange. <laughs> it's a little strange. Uh, I just, Taysom Hill's bad, man. He's bad. And I, I trust that the Dolphins, I just think, are playing better football than the Saints right now. Now I'm taking a bit of risk here because this is, this is uh, New Orleans are 12th in DVOA and Miami's 25th, but I I'm I don't know man Miami they're they're not as listless as they were they're 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 putting something together here I like Miami getting the three what do you think Craig? Uh, the over under in this game some books are offering it as a cool 38 not 38 yeah, and a half I'm, I'm looking at it right yeah. now yeah 38 and a half yeah uh, some are offering 38 I like the under and I like the Dolphins all right uh, Billy we're both on the Dolphins what say you? Ooh, I I don't know. I think Taysom Hill might be able to get it going against the Dolphins. The Dolphins, yeah, it's not that many. It's in New Orleans. They always play better in New Orleans. It's a low. Is 40 and a half the over-under? Is that what you have as well? I got 38 and a half. Oh, my God. That is shockingly low. No, I think I think the Saints can score more than that. I kind of like the Saints on this one. Not one of my five, but I, I like the Saints side of this. All right, so that is it for week 16. Uh, all that's left to do is our bets. Uh, we all tied at th- uh, two and three last week. We just can't get over the hump. Uh, but uh, what say, Billy, why don't you kick us off for what's going to be a good week 16, I think. All right, well, I will go with the Rams. If I miss that, at least my Vikings won, so I, I can't lose there. <laughs> the old emotional hedge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will go with don't, the don't, don't talk crazy. What if the Rams win by one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, get that sweet spot. Um, I'll take the Colts. I'll take the Buffalo Bills. I will take Washington, and I will take the Carolina Panthers. All right, Billy, loving those ten and a half points for uh, underdogs. Uh, Craig, Week Sixteen, who you got? New York Giants, Detroit Lions. Cincinnati Bengals, Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo Bills. All right. Cincinnati minus three. Uh, how much are the Giants getting again? Ten. And I'm going to give you that five and a half on the uh, Detroit Lions there, Craig, that they're currently getting that I see. Yeah, I was hoping to get that. Um, I'm going to take what was the minus four with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> so I'm going to – maybe Atlanta can win by five, and then we'll both uh, we'll both come through on that one. That's a nice sweet spot for us. Um, I'm going to take Carolina plus the ten and a half. I'm with the Los Angeles Rams. I'm with Billy on the Los Angeles Rams as well. 
Um, give me Tennessee plus the three and a half. I'm doing the buy low, sell high thing on that one. And um, I'm taking Miami plus the plus the three. So Falcons, Panthers, Rams, Titans, Dolphins for Matt Pierce this week. Uh, that is it for this week. Crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. Uh, we are also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher you can find us on. Please leave us a review on on, on any uh, device or software you happen to be uh, checking us out on. Um, that will be it for this podcast, but probably not for the week. I will likely have Kevin on, or somebody on the other side, probably Kevin on the other side, to talk about uh, Spider-Man No Way From Home, the new uh, Spider-Man movie that came out last week that I uh, very much enjoyed. Uh, so, spoiler alert on my... Uh, <laughs> Uh, opinion on the flick it was an incredible theater going experience on my end so uh we're, we're going to come on and talk about that uh craig bill as always pleasure doing this with you uh take care and uh talk to you next time on the crossover podcast mm-hmm.